podcast. We are back. Um, my name is Zach. I got Dewey and Nate to the side. Uh, to here. All ready to go. Um, took another week off. Softball season, so it's going to be like that for a little bit. Then once softball's done, which isn't until October, <laughs> <laughs> we'll uh, pretty much be here every weekend. So, um. Got some things to cover. Uh, we're going to look at the MLB. Uh, some some things that we think need to be changed or what we agree, don't agree with in the MLB. Um, some more Deshaun Watson stuff's opened up a little bit. Um, talk a little bit more NBA since college is done. Baylor kind of... Uh, they got in that ass. You can tell Gonzaga... <laughs> You can tell Gonzaga hasn't played that type of caliber team all year, and I we'll, we'll we'll get into this a little bit, but I think that's where Gonzaga will never win a national championship, even if they're the favorite. This year was their by far their year to win because of their talent, and from top to bottom, I think they had an NBA. Oh, yeah. Not caliber roster, right? Talent wise, but size wise, that they was just, an, that was an NBA roster. Yeah, I mean, Suggs will be a lottery pick, I think. Yeah, Suggs at least a first round pick. I think another one of the guys declared. So yeah. I mean, if they recruit like they have, like they have been the last couple of years, like that's what has kind of elevated them here. Is they've been pulling the a lot better talented players. Recruiting wise, I think the talent's always been there. And they, not, not maybe not top the high, to bottom. not the, the one and done type players. Yeah. They never had like Suggs and yeah, not top to bottom. <laughs> I don't think talent wise, but the thing that gets me about Gonzaga is their conference. Yeah, I think that's always been a downfall to Gonzaga because they don't really play those top top caliber, tough minded teams throughout the year. And they kind of coast through their season. And when it comes, I mean, did very well in the tournament, obviously. But those last two games, UCLA, really. A UCLA team pisses me off. Really gave it to them. <laughs> As a high State fan, so high um, State blew them out earlier in the year. <laughs> UCLA really gave it to Gonzaga. That was a heck of a game. They had a shot to win that game. And then, obviously, the Baylor-Gonzaga game, you could tell that Gonzaga was just outmatched. Yeah, Baylor is the most athletic team in this show. And I think if Gonzaga is in a different conference to where they play that, you know, 15, 20 game, you're better prepared for it. What conference do you think they should, they would fit in or would go to? <sighs> Well, I mean, they're they play out. In the, they play in the West Coast Conference yeah. right now, so I think – Pac-12. That's the only one. That's what I was thinking. I don't think there's – none of those other mid-major – I don't think you're – I don't, I don't think that it's ever going to get to that. But – I mean, all those other yeah, all those other mid-major conferences out West are bad. Like, yeah. the strength in, is, like, Midwest and East, and, like, unless they would join, like – they'd have to travel a lot if they joined, like, the Summit League or something. Yeah, but, so I just, you know, so in my mind, talent-wise, Gonzaga is going to have to try to make a move to get into one of the Power Five conferences 
I don't think they will because it benefits them to stay where they're at. And it would have to just be for basketball. Yeah. Because they can't. It would have to be a Notre Dame situation. Yeah. To where they're ACC basketball and I think they're independent for football still. I don't know about baseball. I think they're in the they're in no they're in the ACC for every sport except except uh, for football. football. Okay. Yeah. So um, that's because that's I why that's why Gonzaga them... has a football team. I think they do. But... They could be like a Villanova though, where they're Division One basketball, they're Division One Double A in football, mm-hmm. like UD. Yeah. So. Well, a lot of those, a lot of those schools. A lot of the mid-major basketball teams are Division One AA football teams. Yeah, it's because Division One in basketball is literally every school. Yeah. They don't have. Yeah. They don't divide it. So, like they do for football. Um, that's just my opinion. When it comes to Gonzaga, you know they've they've got to the championship a couple times, but when they get to the championship, it just seems like they're always overmatched. Um, they get on that big stage. And you're playing against teams that are on the big stage every week. Yep. You know, Baylor's in the Big 12. They're playing big stage games every time they step out in the Big 12. So, um, when you play in that, what is it, the Mountain West Conference? West Coast Conference. West Coast. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't name me another team. St. Mary's. Mary's, yeah. <laughs> but they're not good anymore. Yeah, they used to be. Yeah, they used that to be them in Gonzaga. Were always one is that where Patty Mills went? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what they had that Australian pipeline there yeah. for a few years. They would get the best players from Australia yeah. and make a run, but that seems, yep. I think that seems to have dried up. So yeah, um, so it just you know, if you're Gonzaga, it would make sense for you to look at the Pac-12 just from. A standpoint of we got to play better competition. I mean, it's it's tough though because just yeah, it is. they still got to meet like the Pac-12s, all the other standards. The requirements, and, like, yeah. Act like I think I don't know if enrollment's in a, in a requirement, but academics. I'm not sure. I don't know how good of an academic school Gonzaga is, but you know, all these these all these conferences have thresholds you have to meet. So, so MLB starting to heat up. Um, I know you Reds fans are excited. Um, yeah, I mean, 6-1, and one, best record in baseball. That offense, man. Yeah, it's what it was supposed to be last year. <laughs> yeah, last so, year was the opposite. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like if you guys couldn't get a guy to go out and give up less than two runs, you guys lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I mean, because it was literally it was home run or bust. Had, like, this year, they were actually manufacturing runs, hitting with guys on base. Not just trying to hit a home run every time you're up there, and so but yeah. Fit, first, what oh, six games? Won. First six games they scored 57 runs, which uh, is the most in uh, through the first six games in MLB since 1999. Wow. Most in the National League since I think it was 1982. So, yeah, the Reds are looking good, man. Um, offense is uh, offense is clicking. How do we? Uh... How do you guys feel about Jonathan India? Stud. It's got to be the hair cotton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now what? It's got the flow. He's played second a couple times, right? Yeah, yeah he's the starting second baseman. They uh. So and 
which they should have done at the beginning of spring training, but they waited until like the last week of spring training to move Suarez to shortstop. Yeah. So they could get him on the field. So and move Mustakis to third base, his natural his where he his natural position in India to second. So if they were done this at the beginning of spring training, I think you'd see Suarez playing better defensively. But he been struggling. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean as I mean he's uh when he made the first I think he made he's made three errors. Yeah. But those are all in the first two games, I think. Yeah. He just yeah. turning a double Isn't play. Is he a natural shortstop? Like, yeah, he came up as a yeah came up as a shortstop and they moved him to third base. And, uh, so it's just it's, they have to they're gonna have to I mean I say stick with him for at least at least until the the All Star break. Um, just because you got to give him time, you don't want to. And Ooh. India's hitting four hundred, so yeah. <laughs> Who else would be your Shortstop option. <laughs> Alex Blandino. Who? Or, uh, Kyle Farmer, actually. Yeah, I was going to say Kyle Farmer's. Kyle Farmer. He'd be the butt. His, his bat's not quite as good as I think you would have India. to keep Suarez in the lineup, though, from somewhere. Yeah, they, they would. Oh, yeah. You'd move India to the bench. Because mm. Mustafa would go back to second, Suarez would go to third, and India would be on the bench. Can India not play shortstop? No. He's, I don't think he has the range. He was a third drafted as a third baseman. Okay. So. Uh, he's played well at second, though. He's made some nice plays defensively. So. Yeah, I've seen a couple that he's kind of made some in the, in the hole where he's laying out for balls and making good plays. Um, Castillo. He, does he have your loss? Yeah, that yeah. was an ugly game. Yeah, because it was like thirty degrees. Yeah, he didn't. You could, you could tell that yeah. he was not. He was not prepared for that. <laughs> Came out and got slacked. That was one where we had damn snowstorm, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it was what? snowing. Jesus Christ, that wasn't opening day, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah opening day. I remember that. Oh, he man. was he was gonna get out of the first inning, um, giving up like one run. And then Suarez made an error on a double. Would have, would have been a double play, and so you know, for the Reds have hit, they're down by six runs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, and I look, I saw, I saw the memes, kind of like, oh, here we fucking go, Reds again. Like you know, I mean, it was just that's what kind of gets me about Reds fans, because it's like one game, and they like completely. Well, it's because that's what we're you. That's what I'm, completely fucking give up on their team. You know what I mean? It's because as a Reds, as a Reds fan, growing up as far back as I can remember, so like outside of what nineteen ninety nine, I mean, it really ever since they had like back when they had Cueto and Homer Bailey and they made those runs, they've never had good pitching until recently. So it's always been you know offense that has carried them. You know the pitching and defense has always been uh, subpar. Of subpar, yeah. So and so when uh, and knowing how the offense played last year, you're thinking, oh well. <laughs> the offense can't do anything again this year, then it's going to be a long year. But right. if the offense is carrying them, then um, and they play in a pretty wide open division. Or, yeah. So it's it's there for the taking. Um, I, and, and and they have pitching now. Like people, they still have Castillo, they still have Sonny Gray and Tyler Molle. So they have three quality guys. It's just that the back end of the rotation, you know, Wade Miley. 
pitched well good. yeah but it's wade miley you know he threw he, he went six <laughs> innings only gave up two hits so that means next start he's not getting out of the second inning <laughs> <laughs> so it just kind of sucks because if, if trevor bauer i mean reds don't have any kind of money to spend which obviously the dodgers do but it's like trevor bauer stays man you're you're mm-hmm. sitting and looking like holy shit like yeah you know top three that's one of the best in the league. Yeah, that's when like you go you Castillo, know. Gray, Bauer, Absolutely. Castillo, Bauer, Gray, however you want to say it. Yeah, um, that's that. If he were to stay, that's the best top three starters in the top three guys in any rotation. Yeah. Really. So maybe the Mets. Maybe the Mets or the Dodgers. Yeah. But well, if you take away, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I, th- I think um, Castellanos is really. I want to say lifting that team up with his swagger. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's what they—that's what they need. Honestly. So that's I, what baseball I, needs. I saw a thing. Um, I think Amir Garrett said it. Um, yeah. I want the Reds to be the cockiest, bat flipping, showboat, mm-hmm. sons of bitches in the MLB, and I want everyone to think that we're the cockiest team in the league. Yeah. Then they're. Uh... <laughs> The Reds made that part of their uh, header on their uh, on their social media. And then all the all the Reds minor league affiliates did the same thing. So they're like double uh, A, triple A affiliate of the most cockiest showboat. And... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, it just <laughs> your old heads aren't gonna like it because it's kind of to them it's kind of like a disrespect thing. Which I don't really understand. I mean, um, like the whole. Yeah. It's like America's pat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Manfred. Res- Manfred's the worst commissioner in all sports. Respect the game. <laughs> you know what they're doing isn't disrespectful. It's just bringing a whole new element. You want you know? like, bringing together. Yeah. yeah. If, it's, if it's if you're not if it's gonna stay to like the has it has been, you know you're not gonna bring in any new fans. Yeah. I was like, to say that, yeah. <laughs> and, and I know, it's as a as. Someone as a baseball fan, like it's either you've either grown up as a fan since you were little. That's on. That's that's your fans. Like you don't as a like you don't get any new fans. Right. Like someone in their twenties isn't just gonna suddenly become a, a baseball fan like you can that like other sports. And and I know this you know completely different, but uh, we have a softball page for our team, and one of our guys posted on there and he said, "I feel like this is us." Like the bat flip and the show, you know, Dewey knows. Dewey played with us last year. He knows how we play. And we get to some of these, we play some of these teams that some of these guys have been around for a long time playing softball. And when you're bat flipping, it, oh, dude, it just rubs them the wrong way. And I'm like, dude, why? It's just having, it's just making it fun. You know what I mean? Like, we're out here. We're taking time away from our families. Now, obviously, the MLB are getting paid. But it's like... Like, you get, you're getting... We're having fun, man. You know what I mean? It's no disrespect. You know what I mean? We're just doing, you know... We're, we're trying to bring something new to the game, whether that's softball or that's baseball. Yeah, like Castellanos, all he right. did was flex on the pitcher when he slipped home. God, that was amazing. And <laughs> that literally happens in the NBA... Every fucking game, yeah, and it doesn't cause anything. And then he—he's the guy, who, guy who's the least aggressive in the entire incident. 
it gets suspended for two games. Yeah, I, and they can't touch their their golden boy Yadi Yadi Molina. And I and I think grabs Castellanos by the neck as he's walking away. And I think that has a lot to do with how Castellanos plays the game. I think they have a. Um, I think they have a target on the back of those guys that kind of bring a new swagger to the game. They're not going to let them get away with a lot of shit. Except for they don't. Except they don't do the same thing with Tatis. Well, he's also the highest paid player. Wait, because he's the golden game. boy. Like, yeah. they have like I mean, again, they have their their guys that they're yeah. untouchable. Like, but like Yachty. When it comes to Tatis, he's earned that respect. I'm not saying Castellanos hasn't. He's been a very good player for his tenure. But Tatis is 23, 22 or 23. Probably the best shortstop in baseball. Um, Moneymaker. You know what I mean? Castellanos doesn't bring that in. I I mean, every sport has it. Castellanos is going to bring that in for Cincinnati now. You know what I mean? But... Prior to that, do I agree with the suspension? Hell no. There's no way he should have got suspended for that. I mean, it, he's um, like he's appealing it, so I mean, it just I expect it to be. I mean, maybe I expect it to be overturned just because. Maybe if he flexes if, if not, on the, maybe if he flexes on the pitcher and says "fuck you," maybe. But I don't. He didn't say that. What did he say? Like, let's, let's go. go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He just flexed on him and said, "Let's go." Yeah. That's all it's different if you flex. If it's different, if you, it's different if you do that and you disrespect the dude right in front of the umpire. Obviously, the umpire has to do something about that, whether you're in the MLB or not, whether right. you're grown or not. You know what I mean? If you're look, if you're flexing over a pitcher, telling him to go fuck himself, the umpire has to do something. I mean, and he did just—he got on base because he got drilled in the ribs. That was so that a, was for the bat flip the game alleged. prior. Yeah, and we all not yeah, allegedly. Yeah. We all know that's what it was. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> like we all know that was yeah, for the was. bat flip prior. Just like you can't tell me that when Rugnado Odor didn't punch out Jose <laughs> Bautista, that wasn't that wasn't because of the bat flip in the playoffs prior. Best moment in Rangers history. <laughs> that was the last hit Rugnado Odor's had. Yeah, probably. <laughs> He just got traded. <laughs> did to the Yankees. We traded him for a pack of Skittles and twenty dollars. <laughs> Probably worth it. It was a win. <laughs> I mean, he dude when he when he first started for us, man, it looked like he had so much promise, and then he just kept hitting two ten and two twenty, and it's like, good God, man! Like Cause you keep because these they get figured out like these hitters, and they can't adjust. Like if you can't if you can't hit breaking ball, that's what you're gonna thing. see. Throw the dude a fastball, he's hitting at 400 feet. Throw him anything off speed, he's swinging and missing. Just like and the, the problem, the problem with Odor is he swung out of his shoes every fucking at bat. So it was kind of easy, you know what I mean, to get him yeah. off. But yeah, it's where the Aquino with the Reds, the Punisher. That's why he went on to tear his rookie year because people were throwing fastballs and he. Can hit a fast, can hit a fastball, and so then last year in the shortened season, it was it was a lost year for him. We'll see how he does this year, but uh, he's out of options. So uh, we'll see what happens when uh, Shogo comes back from the DL. Yeah, how long is he out? Um, he'll be. He, they say he'll be out until mid-May. So 
I mean, <laughs> Reds have too many outfielders <laughs> as it is. So we'll see what happens when he comes back. So if Naquin cools off at all, I mean, eventually he will. He will, but still, you know like, what I mean? Yeah, but he's he playing was, out he's, of his mind right now. Tyler Naquin is a two thirty hitter. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> go, go, go look at the last couple years of Cleveland. Well, he's been hurt. He's been hurt the last couple years. <laughs> Naquin, okay. His, I think his, his... I'm not saying he doesn't have the potential, but if you go back and look at the prior years, Naquin's a 230 to 240 hitter. So until he puts it all together, we can't say that he's not a 230, 240 hitter. Exactly. 230, 240 hitters get hot. Let's be real. Everybody in the MLB gets on a roll. It's whether it's how you finish the year. Yeah, Naquin. He, I like. I like Tyler Naquin in Cleveland. I mean, I, was, I thought he was always a good ball player. Yeah, he just couldn't stay healthy, really. So that, and he, I think he was one of those guys. Maybe he's figured it out this year, but he was a guy, fastball hitter, kind of threw him anything off speed. He kind of struggled with it. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, his one good year, I think, his rookie year. He had a lot of home runs and not very many at-bats. I think he had, like, 14. So, which if he would have played a full season, they would have been on pace for, like, 25 to 30. So, he's got the power. So, I think it just can't he stay healthy and be consistent. Yeah, I mean, that that's always the biggest question in baseball is whether you can be consistent or not. Everybody can put these little patches of 10 games together. You're in the MLB for a reason. You have all the talent. It's the guys that can put together 182 games – which are the guys to stay around. You know what I mean? But to, to just, go back to uh, when, when Chogo gets healthy, you got your uh, – you can either send down Naquin because he has options, but if you send – or Aquino, and Aquino's out of options. So if he gets sent down, he's going to have to go through waivers and he'll get claimed. So it's like you're in a tough, you're in a tough spot. Is Winger still with you guys? Yeah. At that point – Winker's hitting like fucking 500, though. <laughs> yeah, but Winker's also a guy, 240. I mean, he was, on, he, he mm-hmm. was pretty good last no. year. His hitting was... Outside of last year, he's been a, up, upwards of like 270, 280. He's another guy that hasn't been able to stay healthy. When he's healthy... If Naquin stays hot, if Aquino keeps hitting the ball... I mean, he hasn't. Aquino hasn't started a game yet, so he just a couple... But how, how old is Aquino? 26. How old is Winker? 30s? 26. Winker's 26? 26, 27, something like that. They're, they're, they're both right. Aquino and Winker are both like 26, 27. I thought Winker 27. was in his 30s. No, he came up and he was like a couple years ago. He was what, 23? So. 27. Okay. So, mm-hmm. what's Naquin? 26, 27? 29, 30. You're running into a tough spot. I mean, the problem is Naquin and Winker both haven't been able to stay healthy. So you're going to need them both, I think, throughout the year. Um, and Aquino, and Aquino, like yesterday, and Winker was three for three. And then they pulled him again late for Senzel because defensively, for defensive reasons. And uh, David Bell doesn't want his lefties hitting against lefties, so, unless you're Joey Votto. But. Yeah. So. Forgot about Senzel, too. Yeah. You got Senzel, Akiyama, Winker, Castellanos, Aquino, and uh, fucking Naquin. Six outfielders. <laughs> you can't carry Why six did outfielders. Why not stay in the infield? 
to get him because uh, he was blocked. Like he was came up as, again. He was blocked at third by Suarez. Um, Play the system. Second base. Play the system. Center field. Yeah, but, center field. He like yeah, I mean, he, you know what I mean. Like, play the system. If you're running into that many problems to where you have that many good outfielders, Senzel could be your second baseman. And you know what I mean? Like, it just... Yeah, like, they tried him... Why you wouldn't send down one of your infielders that are never going to play instead of sending sending down one of your outfielders that... Well, I I like it. I don't know. You know know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense to me. I mean, unless... I don't know how well Senzel can still play the infield. Um, Because he was... He doesn't have to play the infield. That's what I'm telling him. Well, (laughs) I mean, if someone gets hurt in the infield, who's going to play? I mean, you got Kyle Farmer. I know he can play every position. He played the infield last year. Senzel? Yeah. No. That's what he started the season off as. He started the season off as a second baseman. I don't think he's ever not in the majors. I don't think he's ever played the infield. It's always been uh, yeah, the that's outfield. what he was listed as. Well, he might have been listed as. Yeah, he listed I mean, obviously, as if you're listed as an infielder, you're not going to be terrible. No, I mean he, he again, they obviously he was, <laughs> saw potential in playing. Again, he was drafted back in what 2016 as a he was a shortstop, but he was never going to stay at shortstop. He didn't have I think it was. The arm he didn't quite have the arm strength to stay there, so you can move him to third and second. And he was blocked at third, and then he was blocked at second because that's when they had Scooter Jeanette was those two years and he was tearing up the league. So moved him to the outfield because he has the speed and he can defensively in center field he's pretty good. And then uh, I, don't, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, but they've made some trades for some outfielders too that like these fringe outfielders. It's like they have probably ten outfielders. From the majors to Triple A, that they don't need that. They don't need that many guys who could play in the majors, you know. Right. So some of the trades they've made is like, why? We don't need more outfielders. <laughs> um, let's talk about this Trevor Bauer situation. Do you want to leave that? Yeah, I'll. Uh, we'll come back to that here in a second. Um, we'll take a break right now. Come back. Now get to the Trevor Bauer. Uh, again, more. Uh, he just in. He just in everything. It's great. <laughs> great for the game. But, uh, we'll be right back. Back. Uh, back on the break. We're gonna go on this Trevor Bauer story. Um, the MLB. Yeah. So is investigating. So a little back. A little background. So before the season, the MLB said that they're going to start enforcing the foreign stub- substance on baseballs. So that pitchers are, um, I mean, what most pitchers use something apparently, like allegedly. So uh, they're going to start enforcing that more frequently. Um, the way they're going to do that is they're going to look at spin rate um, data, and then they're going to basically take uh, balls from the, every pitcher. And test them. You know, if they feel, I guess the umpire is gonna. If they just feel a little different, they'll toss them aside. You know, and then they'll kind of get the data together and use that to see if anything changes. 
or use that to see if anyone is putting stuff on the on the baseballs, which seventy <clears> percent <throat> of pitchers probably are. So it's like, <laughs> and these are new balls; they're using this year too. So the, they can't if they're going to use any data from previous years. It's not going to be this. It's not going to be the same. And the way they said is that they're going to they're not going to. It's all going to be confidential, right? So public's not going to know. Media's not going to know. Um, basically, until any like punishments are handed out. So, just paying money on the table, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what happened is um, Ken Rosenthal, who's an MLB writer for the Athletic, wrote an article saying that Trevor Bauer is being investigated by base by MLB for the foreign substance abuses, for the, the foreign substance on the balls, because he had some balls taken out of his last start or whatever, basically. And he's the only one that is being mentioned when this is happening to pretty much every pitcher in baseball for the most part. So he is definitely, and so, and this information wasn't supposed to be made public. So um, the way I look at it is the MLB is definitely singling out Trevor Bauer to make an example out of him. Um, and it's not, he's not, I mean, I mean, Trevor Bauer has been antagonistic on social media to baseball and criticizing Rob Manfred and some of the decisions they made. And he pretty much came out and said a couple years ago that, uh, you know, most pitchers use this substance on baseballs. MLB doesn't really enforce it. So um, I could sorry, I could use it today. I didn't watch my spin rate increase by so much. And I'm holding spin rate increases. And, um, you know, he gets a lot better. So you can easily say that he's trying to prove his point that, you know, for what he originally made, but <clears throat> it's a MLB's definitely, well, not necessarily MLB, but somebody within a Major League Baseball is definitely has it out for him and is trying to make an example out of him. And it wouldn't shock me if it's coming from the commissioner because he's an idiot. And Trevor Bauer has been critical of uh, him for quite a while, so, and that's, and he has come out, and many people have come out and said, you know, this, he's being singled out, so that's the background. I think it comes, it all comes back to the old heads. Trevor Bauer, now, okay, here's what I'll say, I love Trevor Bauer, I love his attitude. I love the swagger. I love everything. He does it to himself, though. Yeah, yeah, um, he does. Now, I'm not saying don't stand up for what you believe in. I'm he not is. saying don't say some of the shit that he says. But you know you're going to get singled out when you say some of the stuff that he does. When you call some of the people out that you call out, you know they're gonna they're gonna be out to get you every chance they got. So from that standpoint, I, I think from any standpoint, you know what I mean. He's doing what he wants, and I'm glad that he's doing that. But don't be surprised when you get hit with this shit because of what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just you know. I mean, it's not the thing that I mean. It's not like it's nothing yet. It's, they're it's, just investigating. Yeah, I mean it's it's happening across all of the, the whole right. sport. So it's that's it's just 
that information of just specifically about him is being made public to kind of. And I think him. because of that is because when you say Trevor Bauer's name, it generates a lot of talk. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, yeah, he's definitely. Uh, I mean, he's outspoken. You know, and he has his uh, his beliefs about you know how to about you know analytics and some of the stuff that you can use and like he was and how to uh, how to train you know which was I mean back on his early early in his career was pretty uh, like not uh, no you know you don't train that way you know and it's, it's, it works for him and the Reds were uh, pretty open to because I mean their pitching coach and their Pitching staff is pretty open to all that stuff, so they pretty much let him, like, oh, yeah, it, I mean, it works for it. Do it, you know? He pitches, he trains a lot of analytics stuff, right? Yeah, he has his own a lot of company. Computer based. His own company that measures, like, spin rate and yeah. all that kind of stuff, and how to get your like, you know, shoulder stretches and how to and just strengthening to be. He does a lot of computer based pitching. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a, he's kind of a nerd. When it comes to that stuff, yeah. but but I mean, if you know how to do it and you think that you have the right way, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to do that. You know what I mean? Like even as a team, if you're looking and you're like, okay, well this guy's doing this, something's fucking working. And it's like you how know to, what I mean? yeah, it's like you start measuring spin rate, which is kind of the the measurement how people go to or how to how effective you know your pitches are. That way you get a so course looking at that data you know you want to look at it to see how can i increase my spin rate to make my pitches more effective from that angle it's, it makes sense and that people are just like, like the whole billy bean stuff like the you know the money, ball. The open money yeah. ball stuff that was like oh you don't, you don't build a team that way well it works so yeah screw you <laughs> yeah. but that's different because you're dealing with money yeah, right um on to uh Tatis Jr. injury. Dislocated his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Yep, his left uh, left shoulder, non-throwing shoulder. So, uh, placed him on the, the 10-day disabled list. Um, which will be out longer than that. Um, uh, it's something I have done. I've dislocated my non-throwing shoulder multiple times. So, you do it once, you're more likely to, it's more likely to happen again. Um, so basically, what the time? I've done it plenty of times. Yeah. <laughs> so what the timetable is is he, they're gonna have to lift that the swear the swelling and all the uh, the pain and the and then let that all subside. Um, pretty much then do some treat do some kind of treatment to help get the strength back um, because he's got a pretty violent follow through. You now with his swing, so it, it it's probably. More than likely to happen again, especially if he comes back too soon. When, and is he going to change his swing at all? You know, is he going to be more some more conscious about it, or you know, his body won't? He's not going to swing as hard. That's something to watch for. And he dislocated his shoulder swinging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I I saw it, but I couldn't remember if it was something that led up to it. Well, he had I guess, allegedly. Well, I guess he had hurt his shoulder a couple weeks ago, but it was like uh, to start the season. I think it wasn't like a, a major. It wasn't you know just missed I think a game, nothing serious, but that might have contributed to it. What people don't understand about the shoulder is it's a very 
delicate, fragile monster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When one yeah. thing goes wrong, if you don't let that one thing heal, it could lead to other problems. Um, I've done it plenty of times, dislocated the shoulder. When, it pop, when you pop it back in, it is the best, worst pain you will ever feel. Because... For me, there's like popping back in, there's no pain. It's like pain relief. Well, it's both. Once it pops back in, it hurts like a bitch. But once it also pops back in, it's like, oh my god. The shoulder's tender. That, and for a couple days after that, you really have to nurse it. Yeah. Because it is tender, it's sore, you feel like you can't lift any, like, it's a lot. Yeah, you can't, like, you can't feel like it's gonna kind of, like, come out of, like, for me... At any moment... Like, for me, it's, it always feels like it's gonna come back out of place. Like, a couple days after any moment, you make a certain move, and you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> there <Yeah>. it goes. <laughs> but, I mean, I've had, sho- I've had shoulder problems since I was 16. I've had three shoulder surgeries. Um... My first one, I didn't take enough time off because I wanted to get back in football, which led to more problems, and then I wound up tearing my other shoulder. So I tore my pitching shoulder first. That was from baseball. Still remember upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Release. I'm not going to go into the backstory because I'm not going to throw people under the bus, but... <laughs> I mean, they're not, probably not listening anyway. Yeah, so. probably not. <laughs> um, eighth grade year. Never really had any shoulder problems, but I was throwing... What would you say, dude? 80 to 100 pitches a game. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how many pitches you were throwing. You were, but you were, you basically pitched a complete game every time because none was touching you. Didn't matter how many pitches you threw. So, because, you know, no pitch count was being kept. And it was every other, every other. Yeah, game. every other game. We had two, two starters. Um, <laughs> you just rotated back and forth, and that was pretty much it. <laughs> I think we only played like 12 games. Yeah. Um, freshman year. Go in. Supposed to have a freshman team, but then so started on JV. Pitched my first game JV. Threw a one hitter, complete game. Uh, 15, 16 strikeouts. Walked over to the coach. Coach said it was fun having you. Um, <laughs> it was a great time. Um, I'll see you on varsity. <laughs> so went and played varsity my freshman year. Not too hateful pitching-wise. Um, I took my fair share of ass whoopings because I was a freshman. I was fucking 13 years old, 14 years old, however you are. Ow! However old you are as a freshman, playing against fucking 17, 18-year-olds. Um, got some wins. Obviously took some ass whoopings. But kind of... Didn't really affect me, right? Then you get into summer ball. 
start pitching a lot more because when it comes to summer, you're going into your sophomore year. Um, I think my freshman going into sophomore year, I was probably touching 80s. Close. Um, Wasn't when you touching like high 80s by then? Probably. Somewhere. So I thought, um, somewhere in there. Because didn't, uh, didn't Larryson like measure your like the last thing is like 87? He's like, oh, you're my, is that before sophomore year? Or? That was going into sophomore year. Because freshman year, I was still kind of, I would pitch every now and then, um, kind of get, you know, just getting some work in. Um, they still kind of catered more towards the juniors and seniors, which was to be expected. You know, I mean, they were better than me at the time. You know, I was a freshman then. I didn't really know. You know, I got my fair share of playing. Coach told me, you know, obviously, I need you for four more years, so I'm not going to fucking use you and abuse you your freshman year. So I'm like, okay, cool. So summer, um, did the pitching thing. No, no, when I, when I didn't pitch, I was playing third. So it was kind of, I wouldn't really say I overused my arm. Cause I mean, you, get, you don't get a ton of balls hit yeah. at third. And... But when I do, I'm winging that motherfucker over there. Yeah. Just, but you're using your whole body. Though. Just know that. I, I'm, I'm taking four or five <laughs> steps. I'm going to let you think that you're going to be safe. And I'm going to throw this fucking howitzer over to first base. And you're going to be out by a step. Um... <laughs> I remember playing shortstop and being like, well, he should have thrown it by now, and you're still in your fourth crow hop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Seed. Going into sophomore year, that was a big year for me because coach kind of pulled me aside. We were going through some uh, pre-workout stuff. He was doing velocity counts. I was touching anywhere on the regular from about 85 to 87 as a sophomore. So he uh, <clears throat> kind of told me that I was his number one guy. Went out there, first conference game, beat a good team. Um, sophomore year went well. Junior year is when I really started having problems. And I think what kind of – happened with that was baseball and football. So it was football, basketball, baseball. It was nonstop. Then during the summer, I was playing summer baseball. I never really had a time to where I could give my body a break. And when you're doing football workouts and then playing baseball games at night, it just doesn't go together with the power lifting of football and then the throwing of baseball. So, going into junior year, went up. We got a new baseball coach. Um, didn't really agree with some of the shit that he was doing. I mean, it was, <clears throat> to be to be blunt, it was pretty obvious he did not care. <laughs> so, you can kind of tell, he, tell was he was riding his way to, you know, he came over for the athletic director position, and we needed a baseball coach. If that tells you anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. First day, uh, pitchers and catchers, he wanted to go 100%. I told him that was not – I let him – I told him how I felt, that it wasn't a good idea. I haven't thrown a ball in a couple months. 
So we need to kind of ease our way back into shit. And he told me that he was the coach and he knew what he was doing. So warmed up, first pitch off the mound, uh, tore my labor. Still know how it felt. Follow through, three or four pops. Then I got to pick my fucking shoulder up off the ground. Um, sat out junior year because I had to have shoulder surgery. Then come back senior year of football, tear my other shoulder, my labrum, my off shoulder. Um, have surgery. Then come back, play basketball, play baseball, tore my pitching shoulder again. Had surgery. Well, you during basketball, then kept they kept popping out of place. Yeah, um, it was not good. It was not a fun time. It was not good. <laughs> um, there was a lot. So I know, you know, that's the thing too, man. To where you just got to let, I didn't let hit shit heal up because I wanted to jump back into certain things and I want, didn't want to miss out on shit. You know, I had a couple scholarship offers, so you don't want to let them down. Um, you go from throwing 85, anywhere from 85, 87 miles an hour as a sophomore and you're like, fuck, dude, I'm getting recruited. You know what I mean? Like... You're almost touching 90, and I'm not even 16. So there was just a lot, man. It was a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so it just – the shoulder's a different animal, man. And I hope for Tatis that he comes back and keeps tearing it up because he's fun to watch. Yeah. And he just got that big-ass contract, which he fully deserves. Um but he, he, dude, he, he's, he brings a different swagger to the game of baseball that we need. You know what I mean? He's a younger generation guy, and we need that. Um, especially to stop with these old heads, man. These old heads, which is going to lead us to our next point, replay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, my um, God. It's just so – like, I get – the idea of replay, like you want to make these calls right, but they're wrong. It's like you got Angel Hernandez making the decision because it's uh, it's wrong more times than it's right. Like like example yesterday, Reds was playing the uh, the Diamondbacks in Arizona. Obviously, in right they have that pool out there in right center field, so you got some chairs. Obviously, it wasn't being used, so the chairs were just up against the home the fence, like, and they were above the the home run line by you know about to. You know, a couple inches or so, <clears throat> and uh, Winker uh, leads the game off. It's a it's a ball to right center field off the off the yellow line in the chair. And uh, obviously, uh, in live, you try to tell if it hits the chair first or the or the fence first. Um, so they rule it a, a double. You know, ground rule a double. He's on second base. They were they go to replay, and uh, in the replay, you can clearly see it hits the chair first. Then bounce off the old line back into play, and uh, so it should have been a home run. But for some reason, these people at the offices decided to leave the call on the field as a double. It's like, I mean, and I've been looking at the replay. 
on my TV. I can clearly see it hit the chair first. And then, so, like, what what are you looking at? Again, it's got to be Angel Hernandez making decisions. So, and then again with the, the whole Michael Conforto getting hit by pitch to win the game. Uh, again, like, all they can review is whether or not he got hit. You know, they can't review intent and, like, that he did intentionally. That's more of a, that's a judgment call by the umpire, but it's pretty obvious. So, again, both those, both those calls, there's two examples of, of the replay. It's not working. In my mind. <clears throat> and it takes way too long. If you're going to, if you're going to implement the replay in baseball, get it right. If not, let it be. Because in my mind, with the replay, you're, I don't want to say you're eliminating the umpires because the umpires still have to make the calls, but you're second guessing what the umpire is doing when obviously you want a replay. And then when you don't get the replay right, (laughs) we just wasted all this fucking time. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, Baseball's been just fine with no replay. Yeah. In key situations, yes, we wish there would have been a replay. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, that's part of the baseball. Like, that's part of the game of baseball is, you know. Coaches always tell you, don't let the umpires change the game. Don't let the umpire, you know what I mean? That's always been a thing. So, for me, if you're going to try to – change the way a sport's always been played, then be consistent about it. Get it right. You know, replaying football, 90% of the time they get it right. Mm -hmm. Replaying basketball, 95% of the time they get it right. And And then obviously there's the only thing is the the judgment. With basketball, there's more judgment calls. Like, is this a flagrant two, one? You know, that's kind of a judgment call. But they're, they're taking, you can see they're, they're taking their time to look at it so they get it right. Um, at least to the what the, the referees on the court, I guess, or what how they view it right. in that instance. So, And, I mean, it, and basically, it's our baseball is a hard sport to umpire. I mean, it's a lot of, like, just calling balls and strikes, you know. You blink, you're going to miss it. You know, yeah. that's, especially guys now are throwing, you got how many guys are throwing 98 plus. That's. It's getting in there and it's getting in the home in like three tenths of a second. So, mm-hmm. not. And then, some, and then these calls were, you know, you got to pay attention to two things at once. You know, is the runner stepping on first and when's the ball going into the glove? Um, so, it's it's not easy to be an umpire. I, I mean, that if you're going to use replay, you better get it right, like at least 90% of the time, or else don't have it at all. I mean, just go back to. We can see the replays on TV and knowing that the umpire is shitty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I to me, if you're not gonna get the shit right, then just let it be. Yep. I I just you know I I don't understand it. I'll never understand it. But let the uh, let the umpires in the game at least make a decision. Yeah. I I. I just... They go to they go to new the MLB offices where they're watching every game and they make the decision. So. It's uh. I just I don't I don't get it. So we're definitely not talking about 
my baseball team. <laughs> um, getting no, no hit last night. I'll tell you what, man, it must suck to be a Pirates fan. He's <laughs> <laughs> got Joe Musgrove, former Pirate, goes out there and pitches the no-hitter. <laughs> you got all these guys, so Jameson Tyon, you got Garrett Cole, Andrew McCutcheon. Man, they've had so many, so many good players come up through there, and they just end up trading them or letting them go. Because, uh, man, their ownership is really bad. I'll never understand it. Especially fucking... You got Pittsburgh. It's such a... Not like their uniforms are so nice, man. I, I think their park's nice, too. Yeah. Park's nice. You know, like, when they were good... For those, what, three years back in the early, what, 2012, 13, somewhere around then? And it was, uh, it was fun to watch. Yeah, I don't. Now it's like, well, Pirates are in town. That's a sweep. Right. <laughs> so <clears throat> we're going to move on uh, to the NBA. There's been some trades that have went on. And there's some some things to talk about. So we're gonna go <clears throat> we're gonna go over the standings right now. And we will get to that after this short break. So we're back. We're gonna talk some NBA. Um, give a little insight on that. We're gonna go over some standings real quick and then a couple teams who we think can make some runs outside of the Brooklyn Nets and the Lakers. Which um, could be surprising to see where the Lakers are right now. Surprising, but not surprising, if that makes sense. Um, so, in the Eastern Conference, Brooklyn's number one, 36-16. Um Philly's number two. Milwaukee is number three. Charlotte's number four. Atlanta is number five. Miami's number six. Boston is number seven. And the Nets, or no, not the Nets, the Knicks are number eight. Talk about a shocker. Um, the Pacers are at nine, and the Bulls are at ten. Those teams, those are the Pacers are only uh, they're only a game, game off back. The Bulls are three games back, and then you got Toronto is five and a half games back. So, um, how many teams do they take? Well, don't they do that new thing now? Uh, there's like a play-in, I believe. That was just for the bubble. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Because the seasons weren't the. They weren't complete. And they weren't comparable. Like some teams have played more games than others, so they just wanted to give the teams that were at the out of the playoff standings a chance to earn their way in. So in the East, the surprising teams for me, um, even though the Knicks are at eight, that's still surprising for me. They're not last. It's a shocker. Yeah. Um, Atlanta and Charlotte obviously surprised. Um, yeah, but if you look at the other teams in the like, who else? Would you have there? So I mean, uh, usually Toronto's up there. 
Pacers are usually the Pacers are usually in the mix. Um, I'm shocked that Boston's seventh. Um, I'm shocked after the run that Miami made last year that they're sixth. So I mean, there's, there's and, I mean they're sixth, but I mean look, they're only a half game back of fourth. Yeah. So yeah, I mean the East the is four, they're, they're all they're all on top. And they so, they struggled the, the game of the year. From Charlotte's the Knicks is only two game difference. So yeah, <laughs> I mean it's uh it's pretty tight there outside of the top three. Um, when it comes to playoff time, I don't think the Knicks are going to be able to do anything. Um, I don't think Atlanta. I don't think that they are experienced enough to make a run. Um, I think Miami can make a run. Obviously, we saw that last year. Um, let's see. If Boston stays at the seventh seed, they match up with Philadelphia pretty well. Um, I think they could upset Philly. Um, outside of Brooklyn. It's probably going to come down to Brooklyn, Milwaukee. Um, if the Heat stay at six, I don't think they can upset Milwaukee first round. I think they can. I don't think they have anybody that can match up with us. They did what they did last year. They beat them in what, six. Yeah. He was contained. Just... Keep them from going inside. He can't. He has no jumper. You know. Yeah. I... It's just tough because who? Milwaukee got somebody. Bledsoe. They Bledsoe. have Bledsoe. They got a. They got Holiday, Holiday yeah. which is big. I was a big signing. For they Milwaukee, that's big. They have a. You know that's. They have a solid squad outside of Giannis. Yeah, so, it's. So it's there, you know. With how Miami's kind of played this year, um, it, it's also going to depend on Oladipo. Yeah, you know, it's gonna depend on what we're doing there. So, I think, uh, really, I don't see anyone outside of uh, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, or Milwaukee has a chance in the East. Really, I mean, yeah. If I go outside of that, Miami probably. Atlanta, if they get hot, shooting the three. But it's a seven games. It's a, it's not one game they're playing. It's a series. So I think the. You can tell the top three seeds have clearly separated themselves from everybody else. So it, it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. I, I would like to see Oladipo coming in healthy and see what Miami can do with him healthy, and then I'll make my judgment off of that. Um, let's go out west, which it's there's some shots, man. There's some shockers. Chris Paul. Can we finally put some respect on Chris Paul's name? People, I've always respected the him, people but... that have doubted Chris Paul his whole career. Every team, every, every team, team every every makes better. better. Yeah. Like I just don't understand. <laughs> like that Thunder team last year was not a garbage team, and he I mean, went to the look, at, look at where they're at this year. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically the only difference. Is you know, so Paul. Utah's number one at thirty-nine and thirteen. You got Phoenix at two, 36 and 15. Clippers are three. The Nuggets are four. The Lakers are five. 
Portland at six, Dallas at seven, Memphis at eight, San Antonio at nine, Golden State at ten. Um, Pelicans eleven. Think they still have a, Yeah, yeah. So even the Kings, even the Kings, even the Kings could probably uh, sneak in there as the eight seed, but it's highly unlikely. Yeah, it's that. the Kings. Yeah. Um. Utah's always been good. Ever since, you know, they've always been good. Always. Every year. 39 and 13, they, I don't think they've been that good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, they're a... They got a squad. They're like a 52 and 30. Yeah. You know? And they're averaging most points per game out of anybody. Yeah. So Donovan Mitchell's a stud. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, Phoenix is my surprise. They're fine to start and put... Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I I've, seen them, I've seen them in the playoffs. Yeah. I haven't seen them where I mean, they, they are. They had, they have, they have two stair surprises. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. I the think overall, everybody, everybody going into the season, I think had them penciled in as a playoff team. Yeah, the overall, overall talent, talent, six or seven. the overall yeah. talent of Phoenix, they have it. All they were missing was Chris Paul. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the point guard, the leader. Who they have? Rubio. I don't even know. Not terrible, not good. Heard all the He's time. just there. <laughs> just there. Um, but you got Chris Paul. You got, obviously, Devin Booker. Um, I think DeAndre Ayton's starting to form into that. Yeah, he's doing a lot. Um, he's still Finally. growing. Like, what is yeah. it, 20, 21? Still yeah, he's still growing. Yeah. yeah. Still, um, still playing against grown men. He's Yeah, I mean, he's out. starting to develop into what people wanted him to be three years ago. Yeah. Um, the Clippers at three, they're always going to be hanging around. And they got they got right they got Ray John Rondo, so I mean don't count don't count out playoff Rondo. Yeah. So um, the Nuggets at four. They're they've been on fire. I think they're yeah. on a seven game win streak. I mean, they're they're good, man. They're Talents. good. Talents. Jamal Murray, the Joker. The Joker. Uh, you got Aaron Gordon now. Most awkward looking a, good basketball player I've ever yeah. seen. <laughs> um, Gary Harris, Michael Porter, Porter Jr. Um, they, they got some talent. The Lakers at five. Shocking, but not shocking. <laughs> shocking, they're at five, but giving the injuries that they've sustained, not shocking. What, LeBron, Anthony LeBron, Davis? LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kyle Kuzma. Thanks, Schroeder. Kuzma's hurting now, too? Yeah. Kuzma didn't play against Miami. Yeah, Schroeder. I think Schroeder's still out, too. Yeah. Or he just came back. One of the two. Um, Portland at six. They had a defense, man. I mean, <laughs> Dame Lillard will be most underrated player in the NBA. The most underrated player in the NBA. Him and CJ, man. That's a, one of the And they best. got Hassan Whiteside. They got one of the best backcourts in the NBA. What? He's there. Hassan, I mean, he's there. Yeah, he's not 20 rebounds. <laughs> I mean, that's all he has to do is be there. He had that one really, he, really, he really good He don't have to do what he does. He doesn't have to be what he needed to be in Miami. Okay, yeah. All he has to do is He needed to be that guy in Miami. In Miami, they didn't have the talent that they have now. 
So in Miami, he had to be that guy. <laughs> um, it, it just when he was in Miami, man, they couldn't. They had they had the shack expectations and just it's not his game. You know what I mean? They wanted him to be a twenty twenty type guy. That's not him. He doesn't have a great offensive game. He can't turn around and hit a jumper. He's just not him. You know, and in Portland, when you got CJ or when you got Dame and uh damn, who's that four guy they got that can shoot? Shit. I can't remember. They got a four guy that can stretch the floor too. So they have the scores in Portland to where he can just kind of be the white side that he Scenes. Um, you got the, what, Nurkic? Yes. Joseph Nur- Nurkic? Yeah. What yeah. a guy. Yeah. So. He scores very well. Um, you got the Mavericks at seven, which is my squad. Um, Obviously, Luka is really good. Um, Porzingis when he's healthy. And outside of that... I like Hardaway. <laughs> Hardaway's <laughs> hit or miss. But too inconsistent. Yeah. Um, we just need... We need like that third guy that we can really count on. Yeah. But we don't really have that. Maybe Cuban will do something. We got to do something. We were trying to make a run for Drummond, but that didn't really make any sense to me because you got Porzingis, I don't know, in the four, I don't think he could be a four. Defensively. Yeah, okay. You know what I mean? He's got the length, obviously, to combat the but he's just not quick enough to guard some of these four guys because the NBA is going with a lot smaller lineups you know what I mean basically I mean I mean obviously not LeBron but Porzingis would be guarding a guy like LeBron LeBron is your typical four guy in the NBA now could you imagine that I couldn't 40 a fucking night against Porzingis because he can't <laughs> keep up with the four guy. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. it just, that Fair. that didn't really make a lot of sense to me because of that, from that standpoint. Now, if we were looking to get rid of Porzingis, it kind of made sense, but I wouldn't want to give up Porzingis for Drummond. Not because it's, oh. you're trading offense for defense, really. Yeah. And they're both starters, so you're going to have to start yeah. Yeah, and I think Porzingis is younger. Probably, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah. Number eight, Memphis. Is. I don't know how they're doing it. Who do they have? They they just have Mike Conley. Morant. We still have Conley. Con- no. Oh, Conley plays for someone else. I like Conley went somewhere else. Doesn't he play for the Jazz? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I went to Utah. Uh, they got John Morant, Jared Jackson. Yeah. 
Dylan Brooks. Brandon, Brandon Clark. Yeah. They got young guys there. There's potential there for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't see them being able to make a run this year just because of who they're going to. They're floating around eight to six. So right now you'd have to get Utah, Phoenix, or Clippers or the Nuggets. Really, they've fallen off because they're three and a half games out of six. So, so you know, I don't, I don't see the Grizzlies beat those teams. Um, they did beat the Sixers about a week ago. My surprise right now is the Pelicans not being in the playoffs and the in the top eight right now. Um, with Zion, Ingram. Hey, he's playing. Brandon Ingram. Is Ingram, is Ingram hurt right now? Consider the Lakers a five seed. No. When everyone comes back. Healthy. When they're healthy, they're I still think they're the best team in the West. So I mean I think there's more okay. teams have gotten better, but I mean LeBron is Playoff LeBron's LeBron is just in a category oh. all by himself. So <laughs> until he until he every team that he is on, if they're in the playoffs, they're the favorite. Until someone he beats retires. him, well, until great. someone beats him, because every year he's made the playoffs since like since he went to Miami, they've made it to the to the the chat title game. One of the crazy things is <clears throat> he's had what a month off, a couple weeks. It's been it's been been probably almost a month now. Yeah. That's a month well rested, LeBron. That's probably the. He ain't coming back until probably maybe a week or two before playoffs. I don't know. I I don't know his injury right now, but get a high ankle sprain. Just depends on how long that's going to heal. I was going to say, so, yeah. That's a, another delicate injury. Because I mean, don't want to come back too but soon. All, all you have to do, all, all you can do is just rest and ice and just I mean, let it heal. You can't. When, when they come back, you got LeBron. You got Kuzma, Anthony Davis, Andre Drummond, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Dennis Schroeder Montrez Harrell, Contavious Pope, uh, Montrez Harrell. That's Morris. Uh, they got a squad. <laughs> when they're fully healthy, it's. You know what I mean? Uh, I just. I don't Caruso. Yeah. <laughs> Caruso, you know. You just. Nice defense. You look there's, at those down some. You look at these games that dunks, you look at these games that they're losing, and you're like, yeah. Like they lost to the Heat by by six. You know? With their entire starting yeah, line in house, basically. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's how much talent they have. You know, I think me personally, um, Phoenix could give them a hard time. 
Clippers. Clippers. I'd say the Clippers just because of Rondo. Like they don't really have that down low presence that's gonna rattle Anthony Davis or Drummond. No, but with Phoenix, you got eight. I think I think the awesome problems down low. I think the Nuggets could. I think I just think that you and that could too with Gobert. That rivalry with and the Clippers might, and Lakers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because when think, you're playing the Jazz, you got Gobert, you got Donovan Mitchell, you got Mike Conley, you got uh, who's the white boy? Bogdanovich. All right, Ennis. Bogdanovich. No, the other one. Ennis. Is that his name? Ennis. Tyler Ennis. No, hell. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Pull up the last game. Look at the weird lefty. Lefty score. Weird lefty. Maybe it's not this. Nice. You got Conley, Ilyasova, maybe? No. Yeah, no. I mean, I but it's got to be Bogdanovich. Yeah. Brantley? It's not Niang. Eagles. Eagles, that's it. Joe Ingles. Does he still start for them? Huh? Does he still start for them? No. He's not a starter. He got some game though. He he's got shot. Yeah. He's shoot a little bit. You're starting lineup. Good boy. He plays. He plays quite. Yeah, quite a lot. Eagles get some minutes. He's like the first guy off the bench. He he started for him. He started for him for the past couple of years. Their starting lineup now is Conley, Mitchell, Gobert, Bogdanovich, and O'Neal. Yeah, the uh, Royce O'Neal. Yeah, he's a power forward. Averaging six points and six re- rebounds a game. Did you say Ilya Sova? Yeah, he's only plays, didn't play much. But What the fuck position does he play? He's also the uh, power forward. So they start one of those guys at small forward. Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich is a small forward. Oh, for some reason I thought you said Ilya Sova started. My bad. No, no. Okay, Bogdanovich is a small forward. <laughs> Jesus, that's a big ass lineup. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bogdanovich uh, got some game. And he's tall too. He's six seven. So. Yeah. Uh, he's a defensive. He's defensive, defense guy. guy. He's there to get rebounds that Gobert doesn't get apparently. Block. Yeah. Wait, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-one last games. <laughs> Gobert. Yeah. Eighteen and twenty. <laughs> Twenty-one. And you had nine. <laughs> I guess he can rebound from everything but COVID. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. He's assisting with COVID. Though. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Don't out die. Yeah. COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um. Here's one last thing that I want to talk about. And it's a touchy subject, but I want to know how we feel about it. Okay. There has been some talk. Some chatter. I don't know. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this. I know, we'll see. We'll see. I think I do. There has been some double standards set. Yeah at the quarterback position. 
People are saying that Justin Fields doesn't have the character. He's oh, character issues. oh, okay. Yeah. Um, he was the first in. Not, I would say character issues just doesn't. Just doesn't have the leadership. I wouldn't even say leadership. More of a well, they, work ethic. Well, uh, what they lead by example. Yeah, that to me that's leadership. If you're the if you're the last one in, first one out, that's a leadership category. Um, I wouldn't say they're attacking his character, but the leadership standpoint, the work ethic, they're kind of coming at his what inability to lead a defense, which is another one that he's yeah. tossed out there. Which I mean is like just turn on the film, like it's false. <laughs> and he gets through his progressions quite often. I think he's <laughs> I think he's a little inconsistent, but we'll see. I mean, uh, um, got up till the end of the Indiana game, he had. Uh, <laughs> I mean, up until they played Indiana, he had more touchdowns and incompletions. I'm always going to go back to the to the Northwestern game, where the yeah, dude I mean, couldn't read a book. Northwestern had a pretty stout defense. Let's so. be, come on, dude! I'm you tired of that. You can't I'm tired out. of that. I'm not saying that their I mean, defense gotta, wasn't good, but goddamn, man! Also, also, you're throwing balls into the ground. Hey, you're, you're, you're a Big 12 fan here. Calm down. <laughs> they I mean, were he, good, but not to make excuses or anything. But I mean, you got to take the whole the whole call. you got to take the whole picture. Like, they, they, didn't pra- they didn't practice because of COVID. They had. Uh, you're not with your teammates for yeah, and you're a, and one of your starting half. receivers is out, so you're gonna be throwing to people you haven't really practiced with all season. Hey, and I'm a huge critic. And they run a lot of Ohio, Ohio State. State. <laughs> Playbook is a lot of options. It's got to be rough whenever you can't throw to one of your starters, but you get to throw to three other five star. At a freshman, yeah. It must be tough. It really must be tough throwing to fucking five star receivers every week. My apologies. I take back. I mean, a lot of it wasn't a five star, so there you go. There's four. (laughs) Three, actually. Oh! Who else was a three star? Michael Thomas. Congrats. He was 6'5. Easy. It catches <laughs> everything within a zip code. Only three stars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they I mean, up until the last two recruiting classes, they haven't gotten a ton of five-star receivers, really. Yeah, um, well, now they do. So, it must be Yeah, they're fresh. You're just, you're just hating. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> what am I hating on? How, how easy it is to throw to five-star receivers? I mean, you also have to – they run a lot of option routes in their playbook. So, if you uh, aren't on the same page, you're obviously not going to, if you're expecting the receiver to break one way and he breaks another way, you're either not going to throw the ball, or, like, the one interception he threw, he had the, he threw the out route, and the receiver broke it upfield from the interception. Justin Fields looked lost against Northwestern. Yeah. He looked like a they lost puppy. They all in their bad games, you know? He just looked, he looked like a lost puppy. I would say, I, I mean... Like I, I would say lost is the best way to describe it, but I think he was just trying to do too much. Lost. Like, wants to make make the big play instead of taking what's there. He wants I to be better than what he actually is. I mean, he's one of the most accurate quarterback in the class. Not that good. I mean, he wasn't he was, making he was terrible throws. The ground. 
It's not like he's... Oh, here we go. Him and the ground got on some... I mean, you got to think the two interceptions he threw. One was just a great play by the defender. One-handed interception. The other one, he, the receiver... Usually they're, they're they threw the out, he threw the out route, and the receiver broke down the field. So, like... It was, it, he looked lost. You were at one game out of the whole season. He looked lost. Congratulations. I mean, he, let's be real. Out of the whole two years he played there, the one Ten, game. The Big Ten really ain't shit. Oh, and my. Only, it's only the second best conference. Who's the first? Oh, SEC. SEC, obviously. We're going Big 12 over Big Ten? No. Said, Big Ten second. No, not third. From from, from big, an NFL from standpoint. Teams. No, 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 no. You, we were just talking about this last time, but we can't base shit off. So, so, okay, who's who's the top teams in the Big Ten? Ohio State. Usually, you got Penn State. Not Penn usually, State. motherfucker. Last year, Ohio State. Oh. Last year, Ohio State, Indiana, Northwestern. I think oh, you're going by baseball last year? Yeah, that's okay. on a COVID year. It's a COVID, yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, oh, come on, let's be real. Everybody had everybody to deal way, with COVID. It's not just Big not, Ten. Everybody had to deal with it. Everybody had to deal with COVID. Well, they, <laughs> the, the, so the that standards is, are different. That excuse is fucking irrelevant. That excuse is fucking irrelevant. Actually, it's not. So, standards so, are way different. So let's just cut last year... Because Ohio State got their ass blown out by Alabama, so let's I think just, anybody. Let's just cut the whole year. Anybody, cut the whole year. Anybody, anybody yeah. was getting their ass beat by Alabama. Let's be real. I mean, yeah, it's, not, it's not a. Everybody had to. Everybody was affected with COVID. Te- Texas lost their top five receivers because of COVID. Man, yeah, I mean the SEC and ACC had different testing standards than everyone else, though. Like you know, like, what against I mean? Clint, like, like it's everybody. It, it was everybody. <clears throat> Texas had their top five receivers opt out because of COVID. Opt out, okay. They didn't get COVID. They opted out. Oh, but but what's the difference? The difference is it was still effect. It was still affected by the same. Yeah, but thing. they didn't miss. They didn't have the. They didn't miss position. practice. They didn't have a whole position. I don't know. The whole what do you mean? They didn't, have, they, didn't five... fill, they didn't have to fill something later in that week. You know what I mean? Yeah, they opted out. It, it was. They probably opted out a couple let me, weeks. I'll explain. A couple I'll explain months. My, I'll explain my point. Like. Before the season started, your yeah. top five receivers in college don't play. How is that any different? I mean, Ohio State than throwing people into the fucking fire Ohio State on a short well. practice, anyways. So on top of that, I mean, Ohio State played practice. You didn't practice all summer. You didn't do anything, and then you show up, and your top five receivers opt out. You're on, you're short on scholarships to begin with because your top five receivers opted out. So how many receivers we got? If your five if five receivers opt out, how many receivers do you carry on a roster? I don't know. In college, probably eight. That's what I was going to say. Okay, scholarship wise, you're probably looking at 10, 11. 12. And those back three are dog shit. Uh, depends on how well you recruit. <laughs> Honestly, really. I mean, if Tyree Black didn't transfer from Michigan, we would have been fucked. You know what I mean? So that that I mean, is that it. We we all had to deal with COVID in different ways. Yeah, like Ohio State had to play their entire second string offensive line against Michigan State. Didn't have didn't have, get get to practice all week either with them. So 
like you said. Thanks, everybody. I, it's just and in the, even in the playoffs against Clemson and Alabama, they had a bunch of guys that didn't play because of how Clemson. much does it affect Alabama though? I mean, it doesn't really matter. I'm just happy, you know. I mean, injuries affected Alabama more than COVID did. The one injury to their to Jalen Waddle. The one injury that saved you from getting the eighty put on your head instead of fifty. That's beside the point. <laughs> I mean, they would have they would have destroyed any team. You could have put your full team against Alabama, and they still would have beat you by twenty. Oh, they would have won, no doubt, but it would have been a little bit closer. I don't know. I mean, we're missing like what three. Two starting it, defensive it, linemen it, it and then a guy it, who plays a lot. It doesn't so. matter who you were missing because your defense was that bad. Your your secondary, yeah, secondary was that bad. We were missing defensive linemen. I don't give a shit. Your secondary was that bad. Marquisian's just that good, though, too. But we'll find out. We'll see. Oh, I mean, yeah. this play calling was pretty good. <laughs> I mean, really, they were just running this, a, lot of, a lot of RPOs that that you couldn't stop. Well, no, because either you play the pass and Najee Harris runs for 12 yards, or you play the run and then that pass is wide open. So it just it's nice. Everyone has to, everyone had to deal with COVID a different way, man. So the whole COVID the whole, bullshit. But how many teams mispractice? Nate, look up the top 25 rankings and tell me how many from the Big 12 there were and how many from the Big 10 there were. Well. Use goddamn shitty ass. Look at top fifty. Can you look up top fifty? I don't know if they rank them that far. Unless you want to go with some other metric that's hard to evaluate because then we play conference schedules. <clears throat> and I don't even know. Three from the Big Ten. Who was it? Ohio State, Northwestern, Iowa. Indiana should be in there too. Not from the 25, probably. Oh, yeah. you're right. You're right. Indiana. I thought there was four. They had one, the only lot they lost was Ohio State. Yeah, they finished 11. I don't know. Catch that. All right. Indiana was a good, good team. Four. What's I'm missing one? I see four and four. <clears throat> Oklahoma State, Texas, um, Iowa State, and Oklahoma. And then others receiving votes. TCU, Wisconsin, and West Virginia. So, six to five. On a subjective poll that no one really, that's hard to. So now it's, so now. It is. I mean, uh, the polls are shitty. It's all about. It's, but it's all, it's it's all all about record. No, it's, I mean, not really. What do you mean? 
mean, if you go and look at the records, it's not Oklahoma State's eight and three, Texas is seven and three, Iowa six and two, Indiana six and two, Northwestern six and two, Indiana Iowa State nine and three. And three. What? Oh, okay. Oklahoma's nine and two. Ohio State seven and one. <coughs> TCU eight and three. Yeah, but I mean, in, they only played conference games. Wisconsin seven and two. <coughs> West Virginia no. Wisconsin was seven and two. Man. Wisconsin was four and three. About to say. <laughs> they didn't want they to would have been in the top twenty-five. They're seven and two. They were four and West three. Virginia six and four. So, yeah, so yeah, let's talk. About, let's talk about. You want to talk about your subjective polls? Wisconsin's four and three and got three fucking receiving votes for the top twenty-five. Yeah. It's my point exactly. It's if a, you look the overall records, because they, and they only played con- like Wisconsin. They only played conference games. They're taken into effect. People like Wisconsin, they're playing their damn fourth-string quarterback due to COVID for some of those games. So all that is taken. So and then you got the preseason poll. Are we just wiping out this whole year for sports things since it's COVID? No. Then what? Then why is it? You knew what we were dealing with. I'm saying. I'm just. I'm just saying. Okay, it's hard. You can't. It's hard to rank teams when all they're playing is their conference. But you have to. You don't have to. I mean, you have yeah, to. It, you have to have some sort of rankings. You don't have to. You have the college football playoff. So Probably how is, are you going to rank the top four teams if you don't have any rankings? Playoff ranks them when it's time for those rankings to come out. Like, part of the problem is these damn preseason rankings. That, What's that nothing to do with preseason, though? Those were the end-of-the-year rankings. Yeah, but they're based off of the preseason. Like, the preseason rankings set the stage for where you think but a team's going to be. But at the end of so. the year, it determines on how the team did the whole year. It has nothing yeah. to do with but the But are you going to see a team that's unranked go to the, be a top four team? What? Are you going to see a team that's unranked at the beginning of the year being the top four at the end of the year? Who do they play? What conference does it play in? It could be a, it could be a Purdue, for all we know. They, 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 go, 10, they yeah. go undefeated. They win their conference championship. Okay. Oh, four. yeah, they would. Okay. All right. Yeah. We can just use Indiana as an example. Even when they were, they were never ranked higher than like seventh. When they, even when they were, who had they played before them though? Again, it's conference schedule. They play everyone. That goes into the consideration. Who did they play? They played the conference. Okay, so what teams did they play in those six games? Yeah, they played. Did they play dog shit conference teams, or did they beat actual good teams? Let's see. They played. They beat Wisconsin. They beat. Well, everyone in the East other than Ohio State. Okay, so they didn't beat anybody outside of the inside the top 25. So how can you put them over somebody when they haven't beat anyone? I don't know, maybe because <laughs> they were really good. Obviously I mean, not. Like, obviously so. Who'd they lose to in the bowl game? I don't know. You gotta look that up. They're also without your conference. That that okay. So you want to talk about COVID. COVID helped some teams more than it did because you didn't have to play outside conference. You just got to play your shitty-ass conference. Right. So the SC didn't have to play fucking Chattanooga. And they're out of conference. Okay. Teams. 
Man, are we gonna act like Big Ten fucking plays powerhouses outside of their conference? Uh, they usually have one. Who's Ohio State play? Did they play? They outside play. of their conference, they would play Oregon if they would have actually played the, the season. What did they do? Um, I don't know. I think they went to a bowl. No, I finished top twenty-five. I don't know. So besides this year, who has Ohio State ever played out of conference? Toledo. Typically, it's one Power 5 school and then a couple MAC teams. No one top, though. No one yeah. in the top of their conference. I mean, yeah. I mean, what? Let me get this. They played Oklahoma a couple years ago. Yeah, they played Ole Oklahoma. And the uh, 26th 20th. And that was with Indiana's backup quarterback. So, yeah, they played, obviously, they played Texas, you know, Oklahoma. They played, what, Miami, a couple. Um, 2001. <laughs> no, they played them out of conference. Like, 2000. And Miami was shit, but either way, it's still a power five team. Let's see, Oklahoma, Texas, um, USC. That was 10 years ago. Yeah, TCU, right down there. TCU. We, they did have a home and home, but TCU backed out of the second one. Oregon, they have a home home with Oregon. Did you say, um, did you say Oklahoma yet? Yeah, Oklahoma, okay. Oregon. That was with Baker both years, so. Beat them and and then lost. next year, what they have upcoming, they have Notre Dame, they have Texas in the future, they have Boston College, I think, but that's like 10 years from now. Yeah, I mean, you had Oklahoma those two years. I just, went I, I, just hate, I, I just hate whenever people downplay, like, oh, they don't fucking play anybody. No. No top five power schools want to play top schools outside of their conference. So let's stop. Let's stop degrading teams for doing that. It'd be a, they'll play one, a power five, but it won't be one. A, a, it brings way more team. money to those smaller schools. They get a payday whenever they play these guys. That's why they do that. That's why they schedule those teams. Exactly. It's a payday. And one who wants to play. Fucking Alabama, second game of the year. Ohio State. No, they don't. They have a they have a home and home with Alabama scheduled in like four years from now. Okay, well in four years we can talk about that. We can, yes. But until so then, to say they ever since the playoff came, it's about, just funny because a lot of Ohio State guys talk about how Alabama don't play anybody outside of conference, but Ohio State's playing I mean, fucking don't. Toledo. I mean, they don't, don't schedule. Right? Any, they don't they, schedule. They Ohio don't schedule. Any, they don't schedule any FCS schools, though. But what's the difference between Toledo and Youngstown? Oh, I don't know. Probably about 40 points. <laughs> like, either way, it's dog shit. Yeah, like, a, either way, they're, they're guaranteed wins. Should be. Should, yeah. Should. So, just because it's not... But, I mean... Like... You can't sit here and dog a team for when you do the same shit. You do the same shit. Not to the same level. It, they're they're all guaranteed wins. It doesn't matter what level it is. They're all guaranteed wins. No, how? How does it? Because, for one, the, the Big Ten doesn't schedule these non-conference games, these cupcake games the week before a big game. So Toledo's not a cupcake game? That's not what I said. I said they don't schedule a cupcake game. They don't schedule them, but like, there's not a bye. They don't have, like, Alabama before they play Auburn. 
Either both teams have a they'll have a bye. Alabama play. was playing the last couple of years. Citadel. Citadel. Yeah, they did play the Citadel. Yeah, and they beat Citadel by Alabama was playing Michigan when Michigan was in the top ten out of conference, and they were dog walking Michigan. How did Michigan end up finishing that season now? I don't know. Whenever they yeah, played each other, they were number five in the country, though. That could be preseason rank. Like he said, preseason ranking at that point. I mean, Michigan, when when they were playing Michigan, Michigan when was Michigan the top, the top 25. 25 before before this season? Weren't they in the top 25? And then they, This was before they, Harbaugh. That they did yeah, so that was Rich Ryder. Yeah. So that was. He really wasn't a. He, but they finished in the top 25 every year. Yeah, Michigan usually do every year except for this year. Uh, uh, Pretty sure. I don't think they did. I think Michigan went like. There's a they had a couple years where they've been like five and seven. Yeah. Not with not with our ball. Yes, they have. They just went like six and four a couple years ago. Maybe a season. They're not. They're not good. They have good. They just have. I don't know what it is, an arrogance about them. When Alabama was playing Michigan. That was back, that was in like the early, about eight to ten years ago, I think, when they played it. They played down there in that, the uh, yeah, it Dallas. Was a neutral site. Yeah, it was down there in Dallas. Yeah, I remember that. It was supposed to be a big game. And, well, look at this. Oh, preseason games. Like, well, no, it's not going to be, it's not going to be a close game. I'll tell you that. I mean, it was that was just, when Alabama was winning with defense. It before they decided to. It's smart, man. It's smart. It it's a smart way to do things. Yeah, and now I mean, uh, it started right as teams were going to be with the playoffs started. These teams were going to be scheduling these, you know, out of conference teams. You know, that way they have this <clears throat> point. If they win that game, they have this on their on their resume that hey. It'll help be like a tiebreaker. You're, they got teams that are similar, and then the team that loses that game, if the team that beat you is in the playoffs, beat <coughs> or something, it's like another. Hey, yeah, that was our only loss, and they're, you know, number one team in the country. And that's why teams are trying to stack up their schedule now because they know they have to put those games on there in order to make it in the playoffs. Not anymore. No, not with because, not with what the committee when the committee put Alabama in there a couple years ago and they didn't play anybody and. You said Rick Rodriguez had good teams? Uh, I don't know if it was Rich. It was when they had Denard Robinson. I think that was Hoke. Well, there's uh, one year with Hoke, they went 11 and 2. That was 2011. That, was, that had to have been one of the years they played Alabama. Or then they went 8 and 5, 7 and 6, 5 and 7. And then Harbaugh comes in 10 and 3, 10 and 3, 8 and 5, 10 and 3, 9 and 4, and then 2 and 4 this year. Um, so just to finish off the conversation, uh, we talked a little bit about obviously the college. And, uh, well, to go back to your uh, the original point that you had were trying to make, um, yeah. <laughs> that I made. Yeah, go no, ahead. no, the, the Justin Fields. The... Oh yeah, yeah. That no, we got. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, we got we, way, we got off, way off, off, off. We got way off. Okay, so double standard. <laughs> They want to talk about some people are throwing out, you know, that subjects touching that. I mean, to me, black quarterbacks don't have the smarts 
they don't have the want to, the work ethic of the white quarterbacks. Let's just go out and say it. That's yeah. what that's what they're saying. Yeah, and it's and by there I mean some people. They're saying that um, people are always downplaying or degrading the black quarterbacks and uplifting the white quarterbacks. Here's how I feel. Not, no, I'll let you go. If you can play, you can play. It don't matter white, black, purple, yellow, green, purple. Don't matter. <laughs> it does not matter. If you can fucking play, you can play. And I might not be the biggest fan of Justin Fields, but he has every potential. Now I don't know his work ethic. I don't know any of that right. shit, so I can't speak on that. I can only speak on what I see. And to me, he's very inconsistent. <laughs> but that has nothing to do with his skin color. You know, I think Mac Jones was lifted up by his receivers. Yeah, I think Zach Wilson looked good because he didn't play anybody. I think Trey Lance looks good because he's what, 6'6 six, six, and he's got a rocket arm? 6'4. Six, 6'4, four. Six, four, and he's got an absolute rocket. But plays what, Division 1 AA? Yeah. Hasn't played. You know what I mean? Hasn't even, well, this last, last year. Yeah. That screwed, that screwed him, over, him over more than anybody. But it every, every quarterback has their downfall. And it doesn't, like I said, it doesn't matter. What is that? White, black, brown, purple, yellow. I don't give a shit about that. I mean, the thing that I think what these media people do is they they don't like they say, "Oh, this this anonymous scout told me this is what a, this is about this quarterback." And it's like, well, they don't consider the position of scout that person is in. Like, what team are they? Do they represent? Are they just trying to get the guy to fall in the draft so they can get him? Like, or is it? Someone from Denver is picking a nine, and they want Justin Fields to fall uh, so they can draft him. And they're going to say some shit that is obviously – that can be easily debunked. Um, but, again, it goes back to, like, the black quarterbacks have been – have had that since for all of eternity. And that's been the, the, the detriment that is what they've always come back to is they don't work as hard or they don't want it. And uh, so, like, the thing about him – not wanting to be a great quarterback. I mean, just you watch the Clemson games, you watch them get drilled in the ribs and then come back and play. You watch them start the petition you know, for the Big Ten to even have a season. So, I mean, this is something like if these media people would just what they what they see with their own eyes is different than what someone is telling you. You probably do a little more research into what you're saying. Now, the one thing that I'll say is one guy that said this. I have full faith in, and that is Dan Orlovsky. I think he does his research. I think he knows what he's talking about. He wasn't the greatest quarterback, obviously, but he knows a lot about the position, and he knows what it takes. I'm pretty sure he was the backup behind Peyton Manning, if I'm not mistaken, for a couple of years. No, no, he was he Yeah, he Lions. played for the Lions. He backed up Stafford. I, I think I he was there with luck. Okay. He was there with Luck, so he Luck got hurt. He played a few games there in Detroit. See, I thought I thought he was with Peyton because him and McAfee. Are he was there. Friends. No, it was that. Yeah, he was. That was his 
the year that Payton got it was injured, and they lost all those games. He was he started a couple games. Okay, so he was there yeah. with Payton for that, a little bit. That one year. Yeah. So he knows what it takes, and I don't think when he said this that he meant it. Oh no, he's the way been, that some people are taking. It. No, he's been a defender of like he's been. Like every like criticism as far as going through his progressions, reading defenses, he's like debunked those for Justin Fields. So he was just he was just saying what someone like people in the NFL had told him, but it was it was different than what he believed and that he had seen with his own eyes. So, but he just and but he didn't like well think, one, he didn't think it through and he didn't think about the history of black quarterbacks how they've always been given these labels, true or not. And the one thing that he did say though is Justin Fields was a last-in, first-out type of quarterback. He was the last one in the meeting room. He was the first one out of the meeting room. Whether that's true, I have no idea. I mean, Wolofsky said it was. He said that's what he's hearing. He didn't say he believes that, but that's not what he believes. So, but that's, I mean, it just based on what everyone else is, like Ryan Day's been asked about it, and he's like, no, that's just not true. He was... There in the morning, like before the coaches were there, working with strength coach or doing throwing up his receivers. So it's being the the last the first the last in first out is not true. Like that's so I and he only threw what nine interceptions his entire two years he was starting. So I think he I don't think you can do that if you're that type of person. But that's just my opinion. We'll really see in the NFL. That's when that separates guys. Do you really want to be a great quarterback? Or do you really just want to be here for the money and the fame? That was Cardell Jones. <laughs> because when you're in the NFL, being a quarterback is a full time every day. Yeah, you gotta love last it. first one in, last one out. It is a mindset. These guys that play twenty plus years in the NFL as a quarterback, they took a lot of time away from everything else that they love to, to be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, that's what separates the men from the boys when it comes to a quarterback. Yeah, you gotta you gotta love it. I mean, you gotta actually love it. You can't just look at it as a job. Like some like a bunch of guys don't love the game, but they just, they're good at it, so they look at it as a job. The quarterback, you can't. You're not gonna be good. If that's yeah. the way you view it. It's it's a twenty four seven job. And then you also gotta, you gotta take into account how well does someone learn. Like like say like for like a playbook, for example, how long does it take someone to understand the playbook and is able to implement it in practice. You know, that's every guy's gonna be different. So if you are able to go through a playbook once, twice, and then you understand it, so obviously you're not gonna have to spend as much time on the playbook as someone else who isn't gonna pick up as quickly. So right. there's a lot of factors there that I mean really probably should never be discussed <laughs> and talked about like a pre draft process for anybody as far as like their work at like you can Obviously, measure someone's ability to process uh, unless, information. Unless their college, college comes up, unless their college coach comes out and says, "This dude was a last one in, first one out type of guy. Yeah. He didn't fucking do anything. He doesn't." Which they're not gonna sit, come out say. But they will mean, But you can kind of learn about how they like. like they'll hackers. throw shots. They'll throw little shots. They'll throw little hints about, uh, I don't know if he's ready. Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. That's what everybody, they'd ask what Urban Meyer and Ryan Day, like, he just wasn't, he wasn't ready. So it's like, well, he's, 
mature a little bit, you know. Like now, there, that was evident in Washington. <laughs> there's little things that college coaches will throw out, and you know, like oh, not him. But it's you know hard I mean? to. But it's hard to decipher what they mean by not ready. You know what I mean? And especially as is a, it from a skill a, standpoint? Is it something that we can build off of? Is it something that we can teach him? Is it something that he can pick up quickly? Like there's, you know what I mean? And then as a, as a, just a person, like if you're a quarterback and you're getting a first round, you're expected to be a first round pick. Yeah. And like, you're going to want to come out even if you aren't ready. So it's like, right. well, that kind of, it's not like you're, it's not like Joe Burrow where, you know, he was a going to be like a fifth, sixth round pick and comes back for another year at LSU and ends up being the number one pick. So. Last thing that we're going to talk about um, is the Sam Darnold trade. Um, I think it's very interesting. I really didn't think they gave up a lot for Darnold. I mean, they gave up, what, second round pick next year? And they gave up a sixth and a this sixth. year, a second next year, and another sixth. Which for a 23-year-old quarterback – that might be able to figure it out. That could be a big win for Carolina. I think, obviously, Carolina gave up on the Deshaun Watson hope because of everything that's going on. I honestly feel like Carolina was trying to make a push for Deshaun Watson with some of the stuff that they were doing. Um, Some of the moves that they were making I feel like they were trying to get Watson to Carolina. Um, But with everything going on, um, they had to go for Sam Darnold, which. I mean, he's really. What? He's basically. He's only. He's only 23. 23. He's what? He's younger than Joe Burrow. Yeah, he's younger than Burrow, and I think he's only like a year older than Mac Jones. So. I think so. I mean, he still has. Basically. I mean, he's still, still, still kid, to develop. Yeah. He's still a kid. He's 23. And is it just the Adam Gase situation? You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? I mean People Cole were Trump. really high on Sam Darnold coming in. They said he had a lot of talent. They said he had a lot of you know, arm strength, arm talent. Just we, We've seen what Adam Gase can do to quarterbacks now. Obviously, <laughs> Tannehill doing what he's doing I think he in had, Tennessee. He, I mean, he had success with Peyton Manning in Denver. I think he was expecting them all to be Peyton Manning, which is not well, the case. Or did Adam Gase have success because of Peyton Manning? Well, I mean, <laughs> well, so we, every, we, know, we know Peyton was running the offense. Okay? Yeah, so, they, were, they were Gase's play. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, but it just – We'll see. Um, I think that this could be a huge win for Carolina. If he comes out and even does half of what he did in New York, I think it's a win for Carolina. Um, To only give up two sixths and a second for a franchise quarterback, possibly. And you got... You got Joe, like, look at Joe Brady, the offensive yeah. coordinator there. So, look what he did down there at LSU and Burrow. So, so, and they were pretty much in no man's land when it came to the draft and these quarterbacks. 
Well, and, that, and it's an upgrade over Teddy B. Yeah. You know, it's an upgrade on what you want to do with your offense over Teddy Bridgewater. So, to me, that's a win. Is he re- reuniting him and uh, Robbie Anderson again? That's... Yeah, I mean, they lose Curtis Samuel, which hurts. But they still got DJ Moore. They still got DJ Moore, McCaffrey, uh, Robbie Anderson, and I do not know who their tight end is. Could not tell you. So at this point, it wasn't what, Matt Olson. And what picks? Greg, Greg Olson. Yeah, Greg Olson. Um, what pick do the Jets have? Second. So now they're gone. Yeah. Which they're gonna put Darn. into the same situation Darnold is just in. Although you got. A better coach, probably. And, and well, what's crazy? Well, what's crazy is Sam Fran moves up to three because they think that they're going to get their quarterback, and now the Jets are sitting at two, saying, "Man, we could possibly steal what Sam Fran moved up for." Well, I think you got to be happy at San Francisco to make that that move. Either either Sal told them who they were going to draft, or you got you're happy with three guys, right? Because Lawrence is going to be going to Jacksonville. Uh, basically, wherever the Jets draft, and then you got your choice. So you have to be happy with three. We'll say, you got to say, you know, you got to be happy with Lawrence, Fields, and Wilson. Say, for yeah. example, just to move up to, to that position. Man, now it's tough. So then you got Atlanta, Atlanta at four. That's interesting, you know. They could go. You could make the argument they could uh, they could take a quarterback, they could take uh, you know Kyle Pitts tight end, or they could trade back. Uh, Any of those trade. options it would be you could make an argument for it. it's the best option. The Broncos trading with them or something. It depends on how sold they are in Drew Lock. I think you, <laughs> I think you, I think you have to give Lock another year with the weapons that he has. Give him another year. I mean, you're not going to be able. What 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 are they sitting at? They, Nine. Not, they're yeah. not going to get. No. They'll get the fifth guy, probably. Unless which, Jones. which you're probably not sold on. Unless you like all five. You, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think you have to give Drew Locke at least another year to work with those guys. But they got a heck of a receiving Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy. Um. Who else do they have? We got uh, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank. Man. Dude from Penn State, flat receiver Camler. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 they got some studs over there. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think with how young Drew Locks was, they got tight end. No fan. No fan. Yeah. Fan, yeah. Fan, yeah. Got some I don't know why I drew a blank on no fan. Does they have another one that's pretty good too? Maybe not. But uh, <clears throat> not a receiving tight end. Like you got a, you got Gordon still, your running back. Yeah, he's so overrated though. He's the most overrated running back in the NFL. Did they get rid of uh, Phil Lindsay? Didn't he go yeah, somewhere? They cut him. He went to uh, Houston. Chicago? He did. He I, he. I think he went to Houston. Think about it. Yeah. So I just think with you know. Get a full year under Drew Locke with this new offense, with these new weapons, and we'll see. So, um, it's, I mean, it, I mean, it's also quite a bit last year yeah. too. So, if he could, if he could just stay healthy, man, 
you to be able to stay healthy last year. I think you're in a better position to make that decision. But because uh, he looked really good at points, sometimes he looked awful. Yeah. So it's like, and if they like one of the quarterbacks, you know, more than say, I don't know, let's just use Trey Lance as an example. Say Trey Lance is there after first three picks. Lance hasn't been picked. You're like, well, we like, we think he has a higher potential than Locke. So we're going to go get him. He's only 20 years old. Let's tr- trade up to uh, see if Atlanta's going to take a trade. I think they would. And then if, if Atlanta says no, they're not trading, then they say they take Kyle Pitts, then you can pretty much call Cincinnati, see if Cincinnati wants to trade up. Um, who's after that? I think. Then you got Miami at six. They're not taking a quarterback. So you can see if they would like to trade up. Or you can just sit at nine and hopefully he falls to you. Yeah. Well, those two teams aren't the Bengals and the, the Dolphins are taking a quarterback. Then I don't think so. I mean, I, I keep hearing so. the Bengals are trying to get Jamar Chase, bro. I mean, they hit and Burt were teammates, so that would that offense would be pretty dirty. Yeah, but yeah, you, you need a lot. You need a lot. Yeah, but line. they did. Yeah, but they did sign Riley Reef. Right. Dude, so if you believe in Jonah Williams, everyone is saying that this left tackle is a generational player, man. Yeah, well, I mean, Josh Morgan. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's. Yeah, I mean, it depends. And you got the guy from Northwestern too. Yeah, he could. He's more versatile, so I think he could play guard if he needs to too. Yeah. So. Either one, I'll go for either. They need one. It's a tough call. It depends on what. Jamar Chase, like. And it's not like T. Higgins and Tyler Ward are bad either. They're both good players. I just I don't see how you All come out with a receiver right now. It's tough, man. I mean, it's I think it's with how bad how your good line is. Yeah, but how, it's enticing though because if you have Pitts, Kyle Pitts, and Jamar Chase, they're both there versus an offensive lineman, right? They could because like, well, those are both general. Gen- they you hear that Jamar Chase is. Like, he's really good. And still one of the best prospects since Julio Jones, that's what they say. Obviously not as big, but... And how much success he had with Burrow at LSU, it'd be tough to pass up. And you got Pitts, who's basically a receiver playing tight end. Yeah. I, I, so don't, think, I don't think he'll fall to 10, but <laughs> even though we don't, I mean, we need a tight end, but we need defensive help more. If Kyle Pitts falls to 10... I wouldn't be mad if the Cowboys. Oh no, I'm, I would. You take him. You say, "Hey, we're gonna fucking outscore everybody." <laughs> That's like with CD Lamb. When CD Lamb fell to us, they're like, "Man, you guys don't need another receiver." Yeah, and I mean, it's fucking CD Lamb. And maybe your new defensive coordinator would help get the defense back to where it was a couple years ago. Which you guys finished pretty decent. Your defense wasn't too poor, but we're starting years. to build. We got some of the key pieces we need. We got two safeties. Um. Linebacker, still kind of a question. Um, we've got a couple DNs. Our secondary at the corner position is kind of. Certain would be a perfect. And, yeah. Or JC Horn. But it just sucks because if Kyle Pitts falls in the morning, it's kind of yeah. hard to pass up. Because we do need a tight end also. You don't like Jarwin? Uh, Jarwin or Kyle Pitts? Yeah. Jarwin is like the Wish.com Jason Witten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
They had Dallas Clark. God. Somehow they produced tight ends like nobody's business. But all right, uh, I think we're done with this week's episode. So I let let's <laughs> let's see where this kind of unfolds because yeah. I think we can't really build off kind of what we did last time. It's still we can just we can. I mean, does it change your does the new information then you know it change your opinion at all? Okay, so let's go with that real quick then. Alright, so yeah, I'll start. So basically, you know, twenty-two lawsuits. Um, eighteen. Uh, Deshaun Watson's lawyer got eighteen other masseuses that he has used to uh, basically say that, hey, he was professional. You know, he didn't do anything. So I mean, that's uh, what you mean. Yeah. I mean, to me, it raises more of a red flag than not. Like, uh, why are you using forty yeah. massage therapists? <laughs> why? Like, what is going on here? They quit for a reason. And then, so that makes me question, that raises a red flag for me, like, you know, a normal person would not use that many. Like, you're going to, like, obviously, you're going to have one in Houston, wherever you're, you live, probably, like, Atlanta, for example, probably going to have one there, too. Different types of massages, right? So I'd say, what, five, maybe, at the most? Five to ten, I'd be okay with, but it's like, 40? Yeah. 40? Uh, I think that at least, I think at least there has to be some truth. Maybe not all 22, but maybe at least a couple. And there has to be some truth in there. Um, and then, obviously, is uh, due to Texas law, uh, women after who reveal their names in the lawsuits, they have to refile the lawsuits with their actual names, not to So that's going to be public information. And, you know, the one, one woman that already came out in the press conference isn't going to get any, uh, what? Angry Instagram messages and emails, which I mean, you should expect that, given the nature of the, the lawyer playing out in the public. It's obviously that's is going to happen. I mean, it doesn't make it right, but people who are trying to blame Deshaun Watson for it are idiots, um, basically. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's just a shit show. It's going to be a shit show until it's over, probably even after. Uh, but yeah, I think there's some truth to it. Don't know how much. Thoughts. Yeah, I just the forty for me. I mean, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> like he was saying, I have to see four to five for different areas, or you, just, you know, I don't know. It's, I, I I don't know that forty. I, I but here's the thing though. Even though it's forty, we still can't assume that shit happened. You know I, what I mean? Like, even though it's an outrageous number and it doesn't really make sense to us, we can't just... Can't make it something. No, but, I mean, if you go through all the lawsuits, there are some things that are pretty much that are similar. And then, like, through all of them. So, it's not like... So, you can look at that two ways. Either you can look at it as, okay, these are all... They're trying to paint the same story to make it more believable um, that this stuff happened when it didn't. And you can look at it as, well, these are all similarities each instance so it's a pattern that Deshaun so it makes it more believable. Right. So it's you can look at it in both ways. 
uh, this basically depends on, I guess, your overall opinion. I mean, that's just going to make it just going to be a confirmation bias for whichever way you believe. <clears throat> but uh, so unless someone comes out and actually admits any of this, so we get some actual legitimate evidence, it's going to be it's going to be hard to prove beyond beyond doubt one way or another. So I could, but that's why the lawsuits all right. it takes is. He probably did it more than not to rule the lawsuit in favor of the, the plaintiff. So that's uh, even so. People. That's why a lot of times you see these sexual assault issues go to go to go to lawsuits instead of actual criminal trials because there's a proof. Like physically, and you're more likely to get money than a conviction, which also makes it a shit show because then. Well, are they just in it for the money, or, or so? It's I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see both sides of that being possible. It makes it hard, hard to actually, unless we get some kind of legitimate uh, confession or actual proof. It's going to be difficult either way. I, I think. agree. I agree. Um, so let's end it on that. Hopefully we have some more answers by the time we come back on. Um, I doubt it, <laughs> but we can hope. Um, so we appreciate everyone. Go like the Facebook page, share the post. Uh, we'll keep doing our part. Um, and we hope you guys have a good week. Signing off. Peace out. See you.